Welcome back to Sideline Exposure, and down goes Alabama, Tennessee. We're just going to jump right into it here. Tennessee in Knoxville takes down the Crimson Tide. This game lived up to every expectation that was out there, right? In Tennessee, a program who has been bad or just hasn't been good in such a long time, it's hard to get a feel for them, right? You start the season off great, undefeated, Hendon Hooker's playing well. You're taking care of the football. Pass defense, a little questionable. you got some guys that are hurt. You don't really know how good a program like Tennessee is until you're able to play with and beat the big guys. And that's exactly what Tennessee did. Honestly, I'm kind of speechless with that game because that was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And really, it was Tennessee was in control. Um, you know, at the end there, it felt like Alabama might pull away, but they had some penalties. They couldn't quite get the job done. They missed that field goal late. But then Hendon Hooker in Tennessee to put together that, what, 15-second drive, 20-second drive, whatever that was, to set up the game-winning field goal, which, by the way, I thought was blocked. But this was the game of the year. And I was talking about it earlier today, and not even just today, earlier in the week. This was the game of the week by far. And there were some other big games this weekend that we'll get into. But game of the year. And some people are, are even saying it's one of the best games they've ever seen. Definitely. You know, Tennessee now has the best win in the country. Quarterback, Hendon Hooker, five touchdown day, three four, three hundred plus yards, seventy percent completion. He is now the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Ohio State and CJ Stroud didn't play today. So you don't want to penalize CJ for that because he was probably the Heisman front runner coming into this week. But it's more of just a you cannot deny what Hendon Hooker did, right? Against Alabama against what is the best win in the country for Tennessee. So shout out Tennessee, and they're rolling on all cylinders right now. At the time that we record these episodes on Sunday, the AP, the newest AP rankings have not yet been released. So I'm really curious to see where Tennessee is. And I've been struggling with this back and forth because Alabama was number three. Georgia was back to number one. Ohio State was two, but they didn't play today. Tennessee has the best win in the country, you guys. And I'm not saying I expect them to be number one. But again, and I've said this before, these are weekly rankings. Now, when you're ranking a team, you want to take in the full picture, right? The grand scheme of things, how have they looked thus far? But primarily, the bulk of that week's rankings should reflect that last game that the team played. So if we're going to do that, Tennessee would be the number one ranked team in the country. Now, this is just one way of doing things. And I think most AP voters don't look at this in this regard. A lot of AP voters will, you know, they may have Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State, whoever at number one. And then in their mind, if they think they're the best team in the country, they'll have them number one until that team loses, right? So every AP voter does things a little bit differently. But I have no problem if we actually take the AP weekly rankings week by week. So Tennessee could be number one this week. Maybe Ohio State drops 70 against Iowa next week. And you think, gosh, well, I voted Tennessee number one last week. Now I think Ohio State's number one this week. I have no problem with voters that go back and forth like that. Because again, as you get new information, more games are played, you're able to change your mind. Now, I don't actually think Ohio State will drop 70 against Iowa. Iowa's offense is horrible, but their defense is at least okay. If anything, you could say their defense is good. It's hard to get a read on a team like that, but we're not going to spend time talking about Ohio State 
in Iowa right now. But the point is, week by week, these rankings can change, even if your quote-unquote number one ranked team from the previous week continues to look good. Maybe the following week, there's just another team that was ranked two, three, or four, or five, etc., that just looked better and deserving of that number one spot. So for the rest of this episode, I want to touch upon the other really three big games that we saw yesterday, and then we'll do a little rapid fire at the end, just kind of recapping some of the other games as well. The big noon game of the week, Penn State at Michigan. Michigan handles Penn State fairly easily, 41-17. Michigan rushed for over 400 yards. Blake Corum had like 160 yards. I think Donovan Edwards had 170 yards of his own. And coming into this game, Penn State had the fifth-ranked rushing defense nationally. And then, of course, after a game like this where Michigan ran for 400-plus, everyone's going to say, well, Penn State's defense, rush defense wasn't that good. Who have they played to get that fifth ranking? I think it's fair. I think it's fair that part of this is, okay, maybe Penn State's rush defense didn't truly reflect being the fifth best in the country. Now, I'm not saying that it's horrible, but I think most of this is just Michigan still has a really, really good and physical offensive line. And then they have a great one-two punch at running back with Quorum and Edwards. And right now, across the entire college football landscape, if we're looking at the tandem in the backfield of a one-two punch at running back, combine that with the offensive line, Michigan might be the best in the country. I think you could easily put their rival, Ohio State, in that same conversation. Ohio State's offensive line has been tremendous this year with their new hire, Justin Fry. He has done a great job. And then they have their one-two punch their own with Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. But I think both those programs have done a really, really good job running the ball. And their offensive line is tremendous. I have no problem giving Michigan that edge right now. If you wanted to give the edge to someone, and you could just easily chalk that up to be Ohio State's running backs, Mayan Williams and Travion, both have been banged up this year, right? It seems like they haven't really ever both been healthy at the same time the last couple of weeks. Travion plays, Mayan doesn't, Mayan plays, Travion doesn't. So other than that, it's just an injury thing for Ohio State in their backfield. It doesn't seem like it's anything long-term. It's just guys getting banged up. And I think Ohio State is trying to be a little cautious because they know that they can kind of run through this first half of their schedule with ease because of the talent and because of really the lack of competition that they're playing. We can get into that at another time and that lack of competition isn't actually their fault but I digress I think this matchup with Michigan and Ohio State I don't know if they're both going to be undefeated it's hard to say you look at Ohio State's schedule where's the loss I don't know you look at Michigan's schedule where's the loss well JJ McCarthy is definitely a guy that's talented but you know he's still progressing as a passer but Michigan may not have to worry about passing the ball much until they play Ohio State, and so that could be a really good game Thanksgiving weekend. Let's shift to the Big 12, TCU 43, Oklahoma State 40, and this game, it was going on at the same time as Tennessee and Alabama, so I feel it felt like this game was overshadowed a little bit, but another game that lived up to the hype. These were two undefeated teams, Oklahoma State no longer undefeated, and Oklahoma State, it didn't really feel like they were going to run the table this year and at least finish the season 
regular season 12 and 0. TCU, eh, it doesn't really feel like they're going to either. So this was kind of like a, who can survive the shootout type of game. Big 12 is interesting because Texas is a two-loss team. They didn't look fantastic against Iowa State, but they did get the win. Some think there is a scenario out there where Texas is in the football college football playoff conversation at the end of the year, especially if they are only a two-loss team. I don't know. That's a separate conversation for another time, especially as those college football rankings start to be released because then we can get a sense on what the committee thinks of Texas. But then Baylor hasn't looked great. Oklahoma obviously is down. They beat Kansas, so they dropped their losing streak. But Big 12 is kind of all over the place, and this could be another year where the Big 12 is left out. But that is a great win for TCU. And let's move on to the Pac-12. USC at Utah, another nail-biter of a game. Pac-12 after dark, as everyone likes to say. Utah 43, USC 42. Okay, so here's the thing. We talked about this with USC in the offseason. I said this feels like a 10-2 USC team. This does not feel like a USC team that's going to run the table and go undefeated in the regular season. The two games that I had circled as losses for USC with number one at Oregon State, which, as we know, was a really tight game, but you got to give credit to USC, even though it was a close game against a team that is far improved in Oregon State, I will say, and just as a program in general, they've definitely made some strides and come a long way. That was at Oregon State. A little bit of a game last year. I thought that just with the weird environment at Oregon State with an improved Oregon State team, they could pull off that win and sneak out an upset. But you got to give credit to USC. They made plays when they need to. I think they converted a fourth down late in that game to help win. So they win that game. But then the other game, which pretty much everyone had circled as a potential loss for USC, was this game at Utah. And you knew it was going to be a night game. Utah has had, I don't know, a little bit of a disappointing start so far. Some people thought they were a playoff team. I never bought into the hype with Utah. They lost their best player last year, Devin Lloyd, linebacker. But this year, Utah is still a solid program. And playing at Utah, their crowd gets loud, hard place to play. And USC just isn't good enough to run the table, even in a conference like the Pac-12, and go undefeated. They are not out of the playoff conversation. They are not out of a possible Pac-12 championship game because the Pac-12 did move away from their divisions. So now it's going to be the two best teams in the conference playing for the championship. And mind you, I think it's UCLA and, let's see, Oregon are the only two teams in the Pac-12 that haven't lost in the Pac-12 yet in conference play. I have to fact check that, but I think that's correct. Lincoln Riley really has done a very good job so far in his shortened off season with USC, his first full season with the Trojans, or just actually first season in general. You know, they did a really good job taking guys from the portal. Obviously, they took guys from Oklahoma, or as USC will say, no, nah, we just took guys from the portal. Okay, that's fine, whatever. The defense is still an issue. And that's something Lincoln Riley and his teams, even at Oklahoma, have struggled with. I really do not think Alex Grinch is the answer. I don't know why people keep thinking he is. People like him. They like his potential. They keep giving him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't think he has it. Obviously, they can move the ball on offense. 
but the Trojans have to clean some things up moving forward. Okay, let's move on to our rapid fire segment here and run through just some of the other games that we saw. Illinois 26, Minnesota 14. Illinois continuing to look like a much improved program, and they will continue to climb their way up the AP poll rankings. Texas 24, Iowa State 21. Ole Miss remains undefeated 48, defeating Auburn, who scored 34. Oklahoma, obviously, we touched on that earlier. They beat Kansas. Georgia smashed Vanderbilt 55-0. Syracuse, I thought they were a basketball school. They beat NC State 24-9. So let's go Orange. Kentucky is back in the win column, defeating Mississippi State 27-17. And Clemson defeats an improved Florida State football program 34-28. What a great weekend of college football and this season is flying by just a quick quick look ahead to next week before we take off here Syracuse at Clemson that is going to be a big ACC showdown and then in the Pac-12 and we noted this earlier UCLA at Oregon both these programs are the only two I believe in the conference to not yet lose in the conference so only one team will remain as undefeated in conference play in the Pac-12, and if UCLA pulls off this win, they will remain undefeated on the year. That will conclude this week's episode of SE. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on our social medias at Sideline Expose on Twitter, at Sideline Exposure on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And as always, go Bucks.